Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes and I am thrilled to be here once again on a Thursday evening, specifically, specifically February 17, 2022, because it is the time of the week that I enjoy the most. That is to talk about the week in professional wrestling. Talk about it, express some opinions, uh, spew out some views, but mostly hang around with all of you right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And if you're watching this right now, leave a like. That's right, I'm being authoritative and commanding. This is what my horoscope said for the week. You will find you will enter bouts of authoritarianism and commanderisms. Now, my horoscope is uh, given to me verbally by someone uh, who did not finish the third grade, but I still understood the gist of what they were telling me. Leave a like if you're watching this right now live. Leave a like if you're watching this on YouTube.com, on demand, uh, whenever you want, uh, upon your top convenience. That would That's very much appreciated. Plus, if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast application, you know what? Thank you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate all the audio listeners out there, out in audio land. I appreciate it. Show us, show some love there with a, a, a rate, rate, a rank, a star rate, a star rating. Whatever you can do to show some love, that that kind of stuff, I appreciate it a great deal. You know, like it can be a review. Uh, also, that you can do that and that that kind of stuff is great. Plus, on Spotify, you can also leave five star reviews now, and and on Spotify, you can also watch me. I look still right now to this day. You can watch. You can see the Mr. Warren Hay show. You can watch me in video on the Spotify platform. Now, you still cannot see Juliet Lewis on the on the, the Spotify platform. I would say once again, Hollywood Zero, Mr. Warren Hayes 3. Why three? Because the weekend, the, the, the top selling recording artist, you can't see him on Spotify. Daniel Craig either. Juliet Lewis neither. So, you got all sorts of choices. You can listen, you can watch. You can listen, you can watch, you can lissach or listen. Okay. <laughs> that's that's enough. Uh appreciate it as usual. Thank you everyone for Hanging out, uh, hanging out tonight. Uh, uh, and of course, of course, per usual, follow us at belltobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. Your women's wrestling wire. That's the website. The YouTube channel is youtube.com slash belltobells. The Twitter account is at belltobells. Just do it. I don't know what you're waiting for. Just go and do it, Pharaoh. I'm working on characters for my, uh, for my one-man show. This one's called, uh, I don't know what this one's called. I'm still workshopping the name. See, 
when I worked that workshop that at first I was going for, you know, I was, people were like, call him Cletus, but I'm, I, I feel like that's kind of expected. Oh, my name is Cletus. And it's not funny. But if I were to call him, you know, like Rembrandt, then that's kind of funny. Cause he's like, oh, Rembrandt. You don't look like a Rembrandt. That's the joke. I also got some t-shirts out there into the universe at whatamaneuver.net. There's a Mr. Warren Hayes show shop where you can get some delicious, delicious, delicious designs designed by none other than the Mr. Warren Hayes show host, Warren Hayes himself. So go check that out. Uh, and uh, and we've got, uh, yeah, and we've got uh, lots of stuff coming up. Mem- the, the, the members only stream. See, I wanted to call it the post stream, but it's no longer a post stream. The members only stream Friday evenings is when I do it now. So we gather all the members of the Mr. Warren Hayes show channel. We head on over. We, there's a nice little private stream just for them. And what do we do? What happens then? What's the good word? What's the occasion? We talk about professional wrestling and that's what's happening tomorrow. Friday. If you're listening to this on Friday, we do this on Friday. So we're doing this tomorrow on Friday. And if you're going to come, just keep in mind that tomorrow, the priest, the, the not the pre stream, it's not a post stream, the member stream. It's called Warren is Off the Clock. The Off the Clock stream is going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, immediately after All Elite Wrestling Rampage. So be sure to be there. And if you're not there yet, that means you're not a member. Become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. One, that shows a little support for what I do. And, you know, it helps me buy pay-per-views and shit like that. So that's, you know, it's cool. And, and... Then you get to ha- we get to hang around more. We get to talk about stuff, and we take you know chat with the live chat, chat with the Discord chat, and we also take calls from Discord members as well. So you we can actually hear the sound of your voice. Some people like to say it is the Mr. Warren Hayes show featuring Anakin JMT. <laughs> that's uh that's a joke for the members. Come on in. Come on in on those inside jokes. Become a member. That's it's it's a great way to show some support for the Mr. Renee show. And uh, you can also uh, um, uh, join the. You can also show some support uh, via super chats. And I will read your question or comment live and on the air. Uh, and also, look, leaving a like, leaving a comment in the description. That kind of a comment, a like, those stuff, those stuffs on YouTube help out tremendously. It's a big big deal. And it's a simple way to do it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Before we get into uh, anything further at this point, uh, um, some sad news that happened uh, that came upon us a couple of days ago. Former WWE and WCW referee Mickey J uh, passed away. He died on Monday evening due to complications from pneumonia related to COVID-19. What a, sucks. Um, he was 59 years old at the time of his passing. Uh, he uh, passed away uh, at his home in Key West, Florida. Uh, he, uh, born uh, Mickey J. Henson uh, in 1963. He uh, started refereeing in 1987 in uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. He also wrestled a little bit as an enhancement talent. Uh, in the WWF uh, in the early 90s. He began uh, refereeing with WCW in 1992, but was not brought over to WWE when uh, when they bought out the company in 2001. 
However, WWE didn't eventually hire him, where he worked for Ross McDown and ECW for nearly four years. Um, he was the head official as well for both SmackDown and ECW as well. Uh, but he uh, he was removed uh, from the road in 2008 due to health issues uh, and was released officially in 2009. Um, if, if you were around at the time and even before that in the 90s, uh, in the, the 2000s, you definitely remember him. Uh, our condolences to his entire family, of course. Um, all right, so it's we're keeping this ball rolling. Let's go right into it. Here is uh, uh, this segment that uh, we like to call here 52 Nice Things to Say About Goldberg. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to say about Goldberg. You know, if I had inhaled as much pyro smoke as he did, I don't think I would have made it to 50. Oh, the weekly wrestling inspection. Hey, look at this. It's the nerdy Mark who's joining us just as we're getting into the nitty gritty, into the thick of things, just as we start getting... Nice and, and 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 toasty with the stuff that's going on about pro wrestling. Now I know what you guys, I know what you guys want to talk about or at least hear me talk about. I know, but just before we do, there's just a cup, two two little news bitey bites that I want to talk about before we get into the meat. Before we get into the what's written at the top of the screen as the title of this. This podcast today. Josh Alexander, Impact star, uh, revealed this week that his contract with Impact Wrestling has expired. But so has his U.S. work visa. So he was taken off the No Surrender show that's happening uh, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and... Uh, and, uh, you know, he was taken off. Maybe some people thought it was part of a storyline, but no, he revealed on Twitter on Monday that his Impact Wrestling contract had expired, which also meant that his U.S. work visa had also expired. He's unable to work in the U.S. until all of this is resolved, and that fucking sucks, because he was also supposed to be at the Terminus show this week. Um, well, next week, I mean, uh, and uh, he won't be able to uh, to make it. Uh, which blows. He was uh, supposed to be in a four-way elimination match. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that uh, that really sucks. I think everyone sort of expected it to be an angle, but it's not. Look, but here's the thing. And I was chatting a little bit about this in the Discord. I didn't plug the Discord! What is wrong with me? Join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. The link is in the description. Come chat about professional wrestling uh, in the most civilized way possible for wrestling fans to talk about professional wrestling. How's that for a caveat? Um, here's the thing. It's like, ultimately, Josh Alexander is going to be fine, right? He's gonna, he's going to be okay. He's not going to, 
he's not going to suddenly lose out his his wrestling career and he's not going to you know wait around at home good things are going to to, to come out of this ultimately this, you know getting a work visa is a lot of it, there's a lot of paperwork involved um i know it was more complicated with the covid restrictions but our government this week announced that they're going to be uh, when i say our the canadian government of course uh the uh, announced that they're going to be uh, 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 reducing some of the uh, um, uh, requirements for travel going in and out of the country, like finally removing those stupid PCR uh, pre-arrival tests, which was such a fucking bummer. Um, but uh, so essentially, he's he's okay. He's going to be okay, and and that's going to be fine. But you know what I what I got to think about was how much in disarray right now the 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 wrestling scene in Canada is because I'm like, eh, Josh, just go do some dates. You know, the the they'll be clamoring to get Josh Alexander, right? But I'm like, look, I but I'm thinking of who's running shows, and there's not that many people, but that's mostly because of how Everything has been closed like in restrictions across all the provinces. Again, due to COVID, you know, there's C4 Wrestling in Ottawa that's been trying to get some stuff going up uh, up off the ground. And it's just, you know, they, they've had to cancel shows. Now they have one set up for March 24th, which which honestly, 24th or 25th? That Friday. I can't, I don't have my calendar on my, well, hopefully I'd like, I'd like to go. I'd like to, I, I, I'd like to head out there and, 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 and be at that show. They've got Biff Busick who's going to be there. So that, that, that's a draw, but it, Quebec has a pretty good indie. The province of Quebec has a pretty good indie scene, but of course, you know, like everything in Quebec, you know, everyone does everything their own way in Quebec. So, but there, there's that at least, but you know, smash is not running anything. There's nothing really out west. There's a couple of shows in Alberta, but the Canadian wrestling scene is such a... It, 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 it's so desolate compared to what's happening in the U.S. And it's weird when you consider how much of a history Canada has with pro wrestling. It goes back to the territory days, right? You, you know, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, huge uh, territories, uh, you know, and even once WWE... WWF back then started taking over and started buying up places like there there's a there's a rich history of Canada in wrestling and it's wild to me that the indie scene is so lackluster because I don't want to say it sucks because it doesn't but it doesn't have the fangs it doesn't have the presence it doesn't have the the, the uh, it, it doesn't have the outreach as compared to you know what happens down south so kind of a bummer one little other news of a uh, little news bite of note we're starting to get a good idea of what the uh, the ring of honor hall of fame class is going to look like the very first hall of fame class brian danielson was announced the briscoes were announced now this week samoa joe now, if you ask me, this is how this is how it should be shaping up, right? This makes this makes tons of sense to me. Uh, these are critical players for Ring of Honor. I think it's it it, it makes absolute one hundred percent 
sense that it should that it goes in that direction. We should, you know, maybe even start considering um, who else could we consider here? Like Christopher Daniels could also be an intrinsic part of this. AJ Styles, of course. But then you wonder what will WWE can would WWE let AJ Styles go and be a part there, right? Um, you know, there's so much stuff, right? Hi, right, Paul London. That's absolutely, absolutely. These are critical guys, especially in the in the opening years of the company. These were critical, critical human beings. So I'm still curious to see how this is going to develop. And, you know, I see in the chat we're talking about Amazing Red. Yes, of course. And I see in the chat we're talking about, um, we're talking about, uh, 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 um, well, Xavier. I, I, th I think Xavier is, I think Xavier is a, uh, I think it's a shoe-in. I really do. I, I I think he should be part of the of the initial class, but I see people talking about CM Punk, and I'm like, is he? I think he's inevitably a Hall of Famer. Like I think he's inevitably a Hall of Famer for Ring of Honor. Out the gate, like first class, first year. There's there's a lot of ground to cover, you know. And I don't know if he comes in like year one. Because you kind of want to keep some juice for year two and so on and so forth. And right now, like to me, Danielson, the Briscoes, Samoa Joe, all makes perfect sense to me. Jimmy Jacobs should absolutely be in there too. I, but is he a friend? See, if you were to tell me, if you were to ask me, Warren, here's the last pick. We got to put someone in the first year. Jimmy Jacobs or Paul London. I'm like, holy shit. Um... Paul London, I think Paul, I think Paul London before Jimmy Jacobs, like if, if you, if, if you can put them both in at the same time, sure. But if you have to, if you have to pick, if it's a desert island kind of thing. And Michael Shane too. Michael Shane, look, Danielson, the Briscoe, Samoa Joe. Michael Shane, Paul London, Xavier. That's a good first class because you've got the foundations. You've got the goddamn foundations of, of Ring of Honor plus some of their more prominent and important stars. I hit the bricks with your... But the thing is, it's like low-key probably, you know? Anyway, are we getting into it? Are we going to talk about uh, Cody Rhodes? Is this what we're doing? Is this what we're doing, folks? Because we're, we're, we're not going to sugarcoat this. We're not going to pretend and, and and be facetious about it, or like as Mr. Fretz was telling us on earlier on the uh, on the on the 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 the, 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 the pre-show. We're not going to sit around here and 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 talk about how how much of a betrayal this is. It was sort of be angry about it. No, we, we're going to approach this. In the most, you know, en encompassing way. Because let's not kid ourselves. This is the biggest news story in wrestling to happen since AEW was announced and was put together. There is absolute, there has not been, this is bigger than CM Punk returning. 
This is huge. And we are not going to sugarcoat this. This is a big fucking deal. In case you haven't heard, which it could be, I don't want to take for I don't want to take for granted that anyone here listening, watching, like hangs around Twitter all day. God bless you if you don't. Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes, part of the original AEW crew, along with the Young Bucks and Tony Khan, have left their promotion after failing to come to terms on a new contract with the company. Now, this has been something that's been going on for a few weeks now, right? It's five, six weeks. We were told that Cody, it was leaked on the internet that Cody was working without a contract. He was on a handshake deal since December, the end of December, right? Just before the new year. And I'm like, yeah get the fuck out of here i was memeing on it are you kidding me free agent cody rhodes hit the bricks come on now like no no one was buying it and and why would you buy it it didn't make sense for the reasons i just said he is one of the old not just an og an awog he's part of the foundation he helped build this company he helped put it together he was part of the brain trust that made AEW the thing that it was. I thought they were, I thought we were getting worked. Friends, lovers, countrymen. I thought we were, I thought we were getting worked. No way this was going down. My spidey senses were tingling up and down. We're going to read some stuff here. Because <coughs> this is where we're at. Now, uh, even when, look, I'm telling you, even when the news started to leak a couple of days ago, and people just, and even when the statements were being put out, I was sitting there and I was like, that's a work. I, I couldn't believe it. I just could, I could not, I could not sit back. And be like, yeah, I'll just gobble this all up. It did, none of it made sense. But we're going to read some stuff here. This is from uh, uh, one journalist named David Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer. Until the negotiations fell apart on Monday, most of the top people in AEW were not aware anything was up and figured both Cody and Brandy were staying. Several were surprised and didn't know anything until the day of but one person did tell us that he never thought it would happen when Rhodes' contract expired. That person did actually know this was coming for a few weeks and categorized it as unhappiness. Even though everyone said that the EVPs were getting along the best they have in a long time. They were working last week on projects for the future. One person close to the situation used the term, quote, heartbroken. But it didn't, but didn't know the machinations of the split. This boggles my mind and it should, the ramifications of this, I think they're, they're, they're so much bigger than just, 
Will he show up at WrestleMania or not? Is he going to be in the elimination? Like that, that shit is ancillary. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just, let's think about this for a second. Cody Rhodes, a victim of poor WWE creative, stuck in the mid card, leaves the company, asks for his release, and it is granted. A guy who left WWE, and everyone just sort of gave a collective shrug, because it was like, oh, Stardust is gone. Ah, whatever. He did Ring of Honor, he did New Japan, he rebuilt himself on the indies, became a part of Bullet Club, leveraged a grassroots campaign to elevate himself and his pals in the meantime via BTE stuff, their special connection with the fans, going after that fandom there. Talking with people, creating connections with people, business business connections. And then at some point saying, you know what? We are going to put on an indie super show. I can fill the Sears Center, Rip. I can fit, because the name changed, right? I don't remember what the name is. That was what the Rip was for. Cody's not dead. Um... He says, I can I can do this without the backing of a major promotion. I can do this just with indie talent because the indie situation in North America right now is thrilling. There's people who want to work and there are people who want to see these people work. It's just exciting. Let's do it. And he puts on the show. It sells out. It's a raging success. It becomes the template for what we know now as AEW. A guy who told us he would start a revolution and goddammit, no one doubted him. When I say no one, that's a bit... Most people (laughs) believed him. It changed... AEW changed the landscape of the business. And AEW would not have happened the way it did if Cody Rhodes wasn't at the forefront of it. It honestly would not have been. Would have got something completely different if it was Matt Jackson doing this. Or Kenny Omega. He is bigger. (coughs) Excuse me. He is bigger now than he has ever been. Because people are saying, have him show up at WrestleMania, have him be the surprise opponent to Stone Cold, all that. That's how big this guy has become. He's a top name in the for AEW. He was a draw. Uh, hang on. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. But he was someone that uh, he was a, a he was a uh, an important talent for the company. He was a symbol, and most importantly, and this is for the rest of this essay. <laughs> I want you to remember this ex- these exact words. He is a symbol of this transformation, this moving away from the business of WWE into creating another 
company, another alternative, creating legitimate competition. He's a symbol. AK Germany left us a super chat, but I'll get back to it. It's super relevant, but I'll get back to it in a second. Thank you, by the way, but I'll read, I'll get back to it. Trust me. Um, so I can definitely see Cody like sitting down, right? He's sitting down with Tony Khan and he's got all this leverage. Because don't forget, we're talking, AW is one thing. But he had his reality show. He had uh, the, 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 the go big show show home, home show, the big show home, the home show of the go big, the go home big show. I don't know what it's called. The one with Rosario Dawson. Is she still even on that? I don't know. <clears throat> but the idea here, this is how it, and 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 it and rose to the top was renewed for a second season. Now, TNT, of course, and of course, one hundred percent, of course, looks at AEW and is like, "What kind of content can you create for us?" Then asks people, then then, then turns to AEW and says, like, "What kind of extra content can you create for us?" Give us more, like you're you're on our network, you're our property. Tony Khan says, I can give you a reality show. We can cross-pollinate. I can send I can send one of my guys to one of your other shows because that's what the network wants. It wants to use its other shows to drain people onto these other shows and vice versa. That's, that's how TV works in these days. So all of this makes sense. So Cody's like, I'm, you know, I have all of this. I have this kind of leverage on top of that. Plus, we started, we discovered this week that most of these contracts that the top guys in, 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 in AEW have, they have options. Chris Jericho, the Bucks, they have options. They're all for, I think it was all for three years, maybe outside of Kenny Omega, but they all have options that... Tony Khan can call on. It's like, I'm keeping you an extra year. So it would beg, it would, uh, it would, uh, you, one would assume that Cody would have one of these options in his contract as well. And as AK Germany 96 points out in his super chat, thank you very much, by the way, AK. Says, I'm surprised they didn't go, they didn't do a short extension till the pay-per-view. I'm going to miss Cody. He was fantastic in year one of AEW. People forget that. Thank you very much uh, for for the super chat. And yet, like I I I I I believe that a lot of people forget how more than year one, uh, the the TNT title reign, how quintessential it was to the company because the reverberations of that title reign are still very very much felt today. But I'm we'll again we'll talk about that in a bit because the focus that I want to talk about here is the short extension you're mentioning or even activating the option, right? And this to me is the biggest tell of the situation. This is the tell where it's like they were just unable. There was There's a level of unhappiness, I think, that can be gleaned out of this. I don't have any backstage information. I'm sitting here, I'm drinking some blue Gatorade and I'm shooting the shit here. But for... 
you're for the boss to not even activate uh, a, a um, to not even activate an option and be like, look, you want to go, you want to go. Sure, money was probably a factor, most probably. I've read some stuff online, of course, where it's like. Uh, Cody wanted to make as much as CM Punk did or as Brian Danielson is making, right? That's fine. That's fine. One would argue, is Cody Rhodes as big a star as CM Punk and Brian Danielson? I think we could have a very, very interesting panel discussion on that. I think all, uh, uh, I think... All sorts of opinions are valid in this type of situation. If you were to ask me unchallenged, unprompted, I would say no. Cody Rhodes is not a big, as big a star as CM Punk or Brian Danielson. I don't think he's on that level of a draw. I really don't. I don't even think he's on the level of a John Moxley, to be perfectly honest. Um, or Kenny Omega, who are specifically people that I sincerely believe people buy tickets to go see ergo the definition of a draw which i don't think cody was anymore at the at least maybe there was a time but i don't think that's what it is so the point being going down with with going going through ak's point here i think there has been uh, i i think this is this is a testament to some sort of dis disconnect with with Tony Khan, unhappiness overall in the direction of where things were going, maybe the, how the promotion was going, uh, or how um, uh, uh, how uh, how the, he, his own character was going as well, because you know, they're, they're, that's these are all the elements that I'm not sure. Of course, we don't know, but it kind of does give you that impression that there was more going on here. Because don't kid yourselves. AEW is the Tony Khan show. And it has been the Tony Khan show since January 2020. I don't know if you all remember the dismal end of 2019 that Dynamite had. I don't know if you remember. And this was at a time where people were saying, oh, the creative process between everyone, everyone sits at the table and there's a lot of free exchange of ideas and everyone goes around like this and like that. <laughs> and then you get to, we got to December 2019 and we're like, man, these shows are starting to stink. There's no direction. It, it, it was all over the place. And there, there were some ideas that were being pushed that we just was like, what the hell are we watching right now? And then in 2020, we come back, you start hearing reports that, oh, Tony Khan has taken over all aspects of creative. And then boom, the show was on rails. And it's just like, Bang, 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 bang. It's just dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. And I'm being, you know, a dynamite, 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 dynamite. It's his show. So if Cody, Cody probably still had some input, to so on and so forth. Sure. But probably not on the level that he wanted. Probably not on the level that he had. One would even go as far as to say. It's like maybe he even had a little more than that. I don't think this was all about money. Of course, if he's going to McMahon land and joining Vince's house of uh, of beefed up beefcakes, of course, he's going to get 
the bag, as the kids like to say these days. I sound old when I say that, don't I? But it's true. It's a, if he goes there, he's getting a big payday. And I think Cody is smart enough to know that he's a cog in the wheel. And he's just, as he said before multiple times, it's kind of became his catchphrase. He bet on himself again. It's like, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the WWE shit, but in a much better position than I was in the past. And, 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 and good for him. Now, what does Vince see in Cody Rhodes? Right? Right. See, he, he's a spoke on the wheel, as chat says. Does Vince see something in Cody now? Because he sure as hell didn't see it uh, back in the day. Maybe. At first, for sure. Why? Because Cody, as I said, is a symbol. And Vince is going to take great pleasure in flaunting the fact that uh, he, uh, he converted one of, the, uh, one of the generals of the opposing army, right? That, he was, that, they, that they defected. And they came back to the one place that matters, right? This is... This is the this is the top thing for him, right? So that's what out of the gate Vince McMahon sees this as an opportunity. Do you think Vince watches AEW though? Though, do you think he's going to he's going to, you know, he's looking at everything Cody was doing and is like, "Oh, we could do this here." Vince didn't even doesn't even watch NXT. So, no. He has no clue how Cody's been portrayed. And he doesn't care. Because at this point, the Cody signing for Vince is all about optics. Like I said, we grabbed one of the founders. He came back home. He said to himself, I can go do it better somewhere else. But no, he came back to Vince. Because I run the top promotion in the world. This is what I am. And the grass is always greener on Vince's side of the road. Or yard. Because roads are usually paved. I'm getting uh, I'm getting off track. But that's the point. Is Vince will indeed talk about optics. Because that that is if that is one thing that WWE is most concerned of. That's the one thing that they are in the business of. That is optics, making sure that they look good or not too bad. That's the one thing that they have always been specialists in. This is like I made a billion dollars last year. I make the rules. You want to come here, Cody? That's fine, but you're going to play. You're going to play by my rules. Whatever. If Cody has any aspirations... You guys know what kind of environment he's going to have to sift through to even start sniffing any kind of real power in that company.
Vince doesn't care about, he doesn't, he's going to care until the Cody Sheen is gone. And then Cody, you know what? My official prediction, Cody Rhodes is going to become the highest paid mid-carder in WWE. And, and, I, and I'm not even trying to make a, a Cody is my favorite mid-carder joke here. That's literally what I think. I think he's going to be, uh, I, I think that's exactly what he's going to be. Hey, Pluggo, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Now. Oh, yeah. AK Germany 96 left us a super chat. <laughs> Thank you very much. He says, uh, wait till Vince discovers Cody's stupid tattoo. <laughs> Cody Rhodes wrestles only in turtlenecks moving forward, guys. Oh, fuck. He's had, he, you know, he, he doesn't want Kevin Owens to wrestle without a t-shirt on. So we know how Vince can get. Here's something that could, that Cody could potentially be, though. A talent drain. He could potentially. Potentially. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but he could potentially be a talent drain for AEW. Starting to get guys and gals in from the other company. Bring them in, you know. When they're when they're when their 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 contracts start expiring or they request their releases or whatever. You never know. Cody becomes a pipeline into the company. Maybe maybe some guys sort of and and gals are like, oh no, okay. Well if Cody did it, I can do it too. Sometimes it only takes one person, right? I could see that despite the fact that I don't think WWE cares about bringing in pro wrestlers because they're not interested in pro wrestlers anymore. We see the state of NXT right now. We see what they're doing in the Performance Center. They're hiring gymnasts, uh, athletes, college uh, college sports athletes. That's what they're doing now. They're not, they're not bringing... They, they fired all the wrestlers. They fired all the indie stars outside of a handful of them. Keith Lee, for fuck's sake. I'm not going back on that. But the point is that they don't care about pro wrestlers. But if Cody can spot a couple, it's like, why not open the door for MJF? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could happen. And the point being is that WWE doesn't care about pro wrestlers or putting people on TV. But I can damn well tell you that Vince McMahon cares about sticking it to his competition Vince McMahon if Vince has an opportunity to start draining AEW of its top people he will take it even if it means sitting their ass down in catering and leaving them there do you know why I I think he'll do that he can do that because he's done it before and he'll do it again if you give them the opportunity. So maybe Cody, maybe can become this uh, 
maybe Cody can become this, this, I don't want to, it's not a mole, cause, but you know, a drain, a pipeline of talent. But it's not because the grass is suddenly going to become greener in WWE's side. It's because Vince wants to starve the competition. I talked about it a bit, but I still want to read this bit from from Meltzer's article. Tony Khan said uh, that he had options on all the key talent for 2022. Rhodes did have an option year and possibly a two-year one, so it would have been Khan's call not to exercise it. While we don't know if the Rhodes' deals are different, the big key original deals with the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho were all for three years, meaning they would they would all end this year, plus an option period. The Bucks and Jericho's options were picked up, and they are still with the company. Kenny Omega's first deal was for four years. Chris Jericho was the highest money deal in the company until CM Punk came in uh, at what was believed to have been the same level of money. So again... Like I said a little earlier before, this is Tony Khan's show now. And I think what this also exposes here is that the the call for the the call for a an um, the the title of EVP in AW is absolutely meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. It's just like titles that they slapped on each other and because we're, we, we, we started the company, we had some sort of investment in it. EVPs in name only. They're, ultimately, it will always be about the talent. It will always be about the creativity. It will also always be what it will be what they do on TV moving forward. I think Tony Khan in this situation here, probably sent a message to the rest of the locker room because you, there is a, there is a message here. No one is above me. And, 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 and that's okay. Cause he's the boss. He's the pre- He's not an EVP. He's not a VP. He's the P he's the CEO. He's the head of creative. He should be the last guy that everyone answers to. And he's like, the message that this sends to the locker room, for good or ill, mind you, is no one is bigger in this company than I am. If Cody and I can't come eye to eye to find something that works for both of us, I'll tell him to hit the bricks. And... You know, talking about contract release season and so on and so forth. If there's one thing that I that that has changed tremendously in WWE over the past couple of years, especially in 2021, is is release season in WWE. Right, you get to you know post WrestleMania season or you know like around the holidays, and there would always be periods where they'd be letting some people go. Right, so what does that mean? Is that everyone sort of you know checks? 
works extra hard, wants to really get things done. You know, they want to make sure that they can secure a place so that they don't get, so that they're not part of the, you know, the annual or biannual roster cuts, depending on the period, right? There hasn't been this, this situation in AEW, right? There hasn't been this moment yet where people are like, ah, oh no, people are leaving. Or people should be worried for their jobs. But this is where we're at right now. This is what Tony Khan is setting out. He's saying, look, this is a company. It's a business I'm running. If you aren't contributing to my bottom line, if you aren't making strides to better this, the the, the company that I am running, uh, there's the door. You run with my vision or you don't. And... I think this has been a wake-up call, and again, to the point that Mr. Freds was making earlier, where it's like, Cody betrayed us, on and so forth. This goes to the point that AEW overall, I think that, that a lot of fans are getting this very, very... AEW fans are getting this, this shaking wake-up call, where for the past... Since 2019... It's been like one big happy family and people are getting along so well backstage and look at all these great vlogs and everyone's smiling and having a good time and the atmosphere looks great and you get reports that the that the the uh that the uh the morale is so good and no one ever leaks any news to to the dirt sheets because uh, because everyone is happy and you know people leak shit when they're not happy so everything's everything's peaches and cream but now we're getting the the, the wake up call. We're getting we're getting shook here. This isn't a family. You know the, it it's a business. People are in this to make money. Got to go on TV. Got to give good matches. Got to get put on a good two hours of wrestling every Wednesday night so that the network will keep us on and give us money so that we can continue making these shows and paying your salaries. That's how it goes. So, I think some of the, I think some of the friends, not the friends, but I think some of the, some of the very visceral reactions we're seeing from AEW fans is coming from this, the snap of perception being shattered a little bit, now realizing that it's a company. It's a business. And it's going to be run like a business. It's not a, you know, it's not a community center for wrestlers. It's a business. That's my main takeaway from all of this. This is Tony Khan's show. Now, let's say that this is the end. If this is indeed the end of Cody Rhodes in AEW, which I don't think it is, FYI. But let's say, if this is the end of Cody Rhodes in AEW, what's his legacy? What I, I believe Cody Rhodes' legacy to AEW is the creation of stars for that company. He, and I know he gets, and I've been a, I've been a an an advocate, a, a a a defendant of Cody Rhodes booking in AEW, because I know a lot of people say, 
Cody wins lull. Uh, he buries everyone, doesn't put anyone over, while it is objectively the complete opposite. MJF, Darby Allen, Brody Lee, Malachi Black, Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks got jobs off of performances that they did with him for the TNT title. These are all people that he made, that he created. His whole thing with Anthony Ogogo. I would absolutely argue that that was the beginning of the end of top babyface Cody Rhodes right there. Absolutely 100%. I buy into it. That promo, the whole nine yards with the Anthony Ogogo bullshit. I think that was ill-advised. But during his whole, that, that whole thing with the split, with QT Marshall going his own way from the Nightmare family, going off to, uh, going off on his own. We got to see Nick Camaroto. We got to see Aaron Solo. We got to see Anthony Agogo in a position, even though, you know, aren't necessarily on the level of Darby Allen these days, but still a focus on other guys, which has always been a strength of this company. He effectively made Brody Lee special by eating a pile of shit in his TNT title defense against Brody Lee, the first one. Cody got zero offense in that match. Brody Lee was made. Malachi Black made. Darby Allen, the story of Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes led to the TNT title. His brilliant match with his brother. And now he goes out, he leaves the company, flat on his back, Sammy Guevara looking like a star. I am not going to sit here and entertain anyone telling me Cody Rhodes never put anyone over, was always in it for himself. He, he built the foundations for this company. Now he's gone and the company is fine without him. Look, I don't blame him to be like, I'm lost in the shuffle, right? Chris Jericho, maybe, but CM Punk, Danielson, hell, I'd even say Adam Cole. All coming in and he's like, where's my spot? I've been here from the start. Kenny Omega's still around. Kenny's huge. He's going to be a, he's going to be huge when he comes back. Hangman Page, what are you talking about? This is what is potentially going to come down I keep telling you how much of a strong mid card AEW has upper mid card mid card lower mid card top to bottom you want to see all these people wrestle you do because they're treated as people you want to see but as we move along it's this is what it's going to turn into it's going to turn into people just out of ego because out of the uh, conscience of, of for their own career they're going to want to move on but Cody's legacy in AEW you kidding me untouchable 
We still got some stuff to talk about. I want to talk about the Warrior Wrestling Show, Warrior Wrestling 19 from this weekend. We are going to talk about AEW Rampage and Dynamite. But first, I want to talk. I want to switch gears. Just leave the AEW bubble for a little bit. This week, report. I think it's Fightful, right? That came out with it first. There have been rumors, big rumors, that WWE has reached out. To Stone Cold Steve Austin for one more match. One more match. Stay with me. One more match. Let him back. One more match. Just the girls. One more match. In fact, the match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens is being discussed for this year's WrestleMania. Which is, of course, April 2nd and 3rd, just in a couple of weeks, folks. It would be Austin's first match since WrestleMania in 2003. WrestleMania, uh, uh, I'm terrible. 19? Is that the... I'm terrible with Roman numerals. I think that's what it is. 19. Where he lost to The Rock, right? Austin retired from in-ring competition all the way back in 2003 due to neck injuries originally stemming from that botched pile driver from Owen Hart. At SummerSlam 97, in recent years, he has made sporadic appearances on WWE programming. And he has his own podcast, of course. Uh, So he's never really... uh, Well, not never, but recently he has been a lot more present on WWE programming uh, for a while. Now, there are even rumors that this might not be a one-off. That he might be coming in for like a little extended stay. And honestly, look... Let's be honest with each other. The guy, if the guy is good to go, and he's and, he, and he's willing, he's capable of getting back into the ring. Why would you turn that down? That may it would make absolutely no sense. Like I, I don't care who, I, I don't care if I'm running WWE or if Stone Cold Steve Austin can go and is available. You put that guy in the ring. And it's just that simple. And people, you know, he's broken down. We don't know. This is what's completely fantastical uh, when I hear this kind of bullshit. It's like, he's broken. He's out of the way. We've seen in the past three years so many uh, older wrestlers who were told, your injuries, man, they're keeping you from the ring. You're done. Come back. I don't know what kind of magic rehabilitation. I don't know what, you know, Rey Mysterio has in his stem cells. I have no idea. I don't Sting. Uh, look, Sting, Edge, Brian Danielson, all people were told you could you will never wrestle again. You are done. Rey Mysterio, since coming back for in this WWE run here. He has not looked this good since his WCW Cruiserweight days. His previous to last WWE run was shit. And he comes back and you're like, what the hell is going on? Christian, yes, thank you, Anakin, in the chat. Christian is another fantastic example. And then you've got guys on the indies too. You know, you've got fucking Ricky Morton working. Doing indie shows, pulling Canadian destroyers out of his ass. These are all people 
who Vince said, you can't do it anymore. Well, maybe not Ricky Morton, but you know, it's like, and, 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 and now we're flipping the script. We're coming around. So if, if Austin has been rehabilitated and, and can go, I don't see why you wouldn't want that. Who in there as a wrestling fan would not want that? Now, someone challenged me a couple of days ago on Twitter. I was like having some back and forth. And, and ended up asking me, Warren, who would you like to see? Who would you, who would you like to see Steve Austin wrestle? What would be your, who should we wrestle on his comeback? And I'm like, I'm always approaching this with caution. It was the same thing with Sting. I want to see him wrestle before I start dream matching. Before now, I'm like, oh, we've got this. We got this. This is what Stone Cold is able to do now. This is the level that he's able to go. Oh, well, he should do this, 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 and that. I need to see him go before I start, before I get any more invested in it. And that's just me. That That's just me because I, you know, if he comes back and he wrestles like, you know, and, he, and, he, and if he wrestles like The Undertaker. No, hang on. Better example than that, especially for, if he comes back and he's wrestling like Kaiji Muto, Okay. If he comes back and he's wrestling like 2021 Great Muda, Kaiji Muto, I don't want any part of it. And 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 I'm going to sit here, I promise you guys. If if Austin can't go his, you know, he he's got no cardio, his knees are broken, he's got his timing is off. I'm going to sit here right here in front of you and I'm going to tell you Stone Cold needs to step away. He's hurting his legacy. But if it's the opposite that happens, I'll sit right here and I'll tell you, I want Stone Cold and Brock. I promise you that. If he can go, that's the match I want. I want Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar. Because that's the one, that's the one we were cheated out of. That's the one we should get. Because I'm telling you, and 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 because. Kaiji Muto came back to Noah, well, came back to wrestling and went to Noah. <coughs> and in the year 2021 was the G GHC World Heavyweight Champion, which is their top prize, right? And if you've never watched a Noah show, it's this is your work rate promotion, right? This is the one where I I nerd out at the shit that they're doing, the pace they're going, um, the, the, how much they're laying into each other. It's a physical, physical promotion. Like the guys wail on each other. It's it it's so good. They're not your champion is Kaiji Muto, who's got no more knees. The guy can't walk because his knees have been shot for years. He's got no cardio. He blows up in a second. And everything looks bad. His his entire arsenal just looks like shit. And I, when you go back and you look like and you look at Great Muda from 1995, or you know his run in the early 2000s, you're like, you know, that's the guy you want to remember, not this guy here, not 2021 World Champion Kaiji Muto, who's 
burying the younger guys because they're fighting him while they're on, on the undercard. They're slapping the shit out of each other and just like drilling each other, dumping each other on their necks. Muto lands an elbow and suddenly they're dead. Like, come on, fuck off. There's so much suspension of disbelief that you can take. So that's my point. Bring Austin back as long as he can go. Because I don't... If there's one thing that the legacy of Stone Cold Steve Austin has to this point here is that he, we all know his career is unfinished. He retired before his time. He was... He, he, it's the, the injuries are unfortunate and the reasons that prompted his uh his um his injuries were a shame right but all we have is great memories all we have is great memories of the ass kicker the brawler the guy who could just light up the audience right jaw jacking the attitude Ah, I'm excited to a degree because there's a lot of apprehension going into this. Because we don't know how, we don't know in what state he is right now. We don't know what his physical state is. We don't know how much he's ready to go. And the thing here, let's not forget, um, we Vince is desperate. <laughs> Vince is desperate to get people on his big show, right? We, 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 we can't forget that. You spend, this is what's wild to me. You'll spend an Ooh, entire yeah. year watching world wrestling entertainment, watching them give you superstars like, you know, Big E and Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns and, uh, you know, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair to come two months for, for in this, in the space of a fiscal quarter, just have everything upended and be like, nah, look, you've got Brock, you've got Ronda, you've got Stone Cold. And you, you sort of forget everything else, like everything else that you were trying to build suddenly it's it becomes it becomes no longer part of the attraction it's just like it's like the filler because here's the attraction this is what we want you to see this is what we want you to watch these people here uh, they're they're gonna come in here for a couple of months and then they'll hit the bricks it's terribly frustrating to get invested in people to get invested in these storylines where all year all year you're told, oh, let it play out. Let's see how this goes. and Just give it some time. And then you get to the event and you're not getting the people that you were supposed to be invested in. You're getting outsiders. You're getting part-timers. You get whatever you want to call them, you know? And it's frustrating as a fan. But then I understand why Vince does it. Because then it's like, Who's your big star? Who's going to draw people? There, there. What? What is it like? Forty thousand seats? 
I'm sure someone. I'm I'm, I'm sure someone in the uh, uh, in the chat can check this out. I think the the stadium is like forty thousand seats, and you got to fill them up for two nights. You're not going to do that exclusively on the back of Roman Reigns, who has no and Brock Lesnar. You can't. I'm sure someone will check. Hey, look at this. It's Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Hello, Kristen. Everyone say hello to Kristen. Anyway. That being said, look. Stone Cold, I'm excited for it. I think it's exciting. I think it's great. I think it's it exposes WWE. And apparently there's a apparently there's another Austin level surprise in the works, right? Is it The Rock? I don't think The Rock. I don't I don't think The Rock. No way The Rock The Rock is wrestling. I know a lot of people are like, "Uh, WrestleMania 39 is going to be Roman and The Rock. The Rock is not wrestling. Because The Rock is in a position where WWE needs him more than they need... Where WWE needs him more than he needs them. Absolutely. 100%. And you know who else is going to be in that position? Three years. I give it three years. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is already too big for the Fed. She's already too big for the Fed. She, in three years, they're going to be begging her to come back to do an appearance. And they have her right now. She is right now, full-time, healthy, on a roster, they don't know what the fuck to do with Sasha Banks. How is Sasha Banks not already... How does she not have a top match slated for WrestleMania at this point? I promise you guys, let's have this conversation in three years and I will pull up this clip. In three years' time. WWE would be like, Sasha, please come back. Just one night. And Sasha will be like, it's boss time. <laughs> I, but you know what? Here's the thing. You know what? I'm going to tell you. This is what we learned this week, right? Minoru Suzuki is coming back to North America. And he's going to be in Dallas, WrestleMania weekend, working the indies. Okay. The fact, the very fact that we have Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to the ring the same weekend that Minoru Suzuki is in the same city as him and we are not going to have a match between them both proves to me that no one wants my money hard enough. That they don't really want my money all that much that we don't really or your money or your money or your money like 
that to me is a tragedy. This is what this is what politics and 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 ego does to us, to you, the wrestling fan. It keeps you away from Stone Cold Steve Austin and Minoru Suzuki in a ring together, beating the shit out of each other. AEW Rampage. Start with that. Um, I thought it was uh, one of these middling. Uh, uh, I thought it was one of these middling AEW Rampages. Look, these are my this these were my notes for one match, and this was for the rest of the show. So that'll give you an indication. So I'm not going to spend much time on it because I think there's more juicy bits to talk about in uh, in regards to last night's Dynamite. Uh, but uh, Trent Beretta versus uh, uh, Nick Jackson was a lot of fun. Um, uh, well, n- 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 sorry, the Young Bucks versus Rapungi Vice. <laughs> Get it right, Morin. Uh, that was, uh, that was really good. Uh, that was a, a lot of fun. Felt like, felt, it, it felt like a good old fashioned Japanese structured match. Not going to lie. Um, they, uh, the, the, there was a lot of good stuff here. Of course, Nick Jackson, one of the MVPs here, hits an Asai Moonsault early on. Um, Danhausen is under the ring again, clear, and he curses. The young bucks, uh, and uh, they get car- cursed with dives from Trent and Rocky Romero. Uh, the young bucks get back in, in control with double power bombs against the apron, which was a really nice spot. Uh, there's a doomsday new doomsday knee strike on the floor by the Rapongi boys. German suplexes everywhere, and avalanche belly to back by Trent. Strong zero can't put the young bucks away. They hit a Meltzer driver. BT Trigger does the job. And after the match, the elite fight, fight off Orange Cassidy was there. Of course, it was a big best friends thing. And Jay White comes in and starts blade runnering everyone in sight. Well, maybe not everyone. Trent. But we're getting, we're getting, we're getting up our boy. The King Switch, Jay White on on Friday on it. I'm I'm again. I'm really glad. I am really really glad that um, that uh, our boy Jay White is getting some love on the on the North American mar- market. That he's able because I'm convinced. I, I'm I'm sure he's happy to just be here and working dates, doing arenas, getting paid. Because the New Japan staff, they all took, they all took uh, the talent. They all took a pay cut because of the because of you know the poor receipts that happened in 2021 in New Japan. We haven't seen the financials yet. They should be coming out soon. I feel like it's in February usually that they they plop those out. We have we haven't seen it yet. Of course, we're only halfway. Well, yeah, I mean, there's about ten days left to the to the month. There is only 28 days. But my point being is. Um, you know, I'm sure Jay White is making up a lot of the money that he's losing by working these dates here. So good for him. Uh, very, very, very much good for him. And that means we get to see him on Dynamite. I'm fine with that. Bullet Club teases all the good shit. 
all the good shit. And Cody had to leave. You're not gonna be the, you're not gonna be in Bullet Club anymore, Cody. <laughs> Fuck you. Britt Baker versus uh, Robin Renegade was a match that happened. I don't I don't understand the I I don't get the Renegade twins. Look, I get them to the degree that I think they have a very solid presentation. But um I think they're very green. I don't get it. I because um, they're 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 they, you know they're tag the 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 Renegade Twins are tag team t- champions in uh, Mission Pro and there's a lot of you know there's a there's a pretty good push behind them I I don't see it I don't understand it anyway Britt gets the win Rosa runs out after as well Hater comes in anyway look this is all stuff we're gonna talk about in a moment. Uh, Hook destroyed Blake Lee, which was a lot of fun. QT Marshall is there as well. It's a you know, big old showcase, of course. And Dino 210 defeated the Ass Boys. I am really glad. I am really glad this feud is over. Because I, w- I was anticipating this continuing like into revolution. I was like, because I know a lot of people. Are real, real, real excited about the gun, the the gun kids, right? Colton and uh, um, and Ricky and uh, Austin. <laughs> Ricky Gun, Ricky Gun. Actually, it, it, I'd get behind. I, I could support someone called Ricky Gun. Not gonna lie. Uh, they don't do it for me. They really, really don't do it for me. Um, so, you know, if the ass boys can be set aside and, you know, go back to doing shit on, on dark, ah, fantastic stuff. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite, which opened up with a promo. Opened up with a promo again this week. You know, there's, there's always this thing where it's like, I... I'm going to bitch about it because I bitch about it for the other guys and I don't want my favorite wrestling show to turn into the other guys because there's a reason why this is my favorite wrestling show as opposed to anything that the other guys do. It's because they give me wrestling. And I've said this before and I'll say it a million times. Wrestling fans are the only people who sit down to watch their show and will accept that the show doesn't start with what they wanted to watch. Imagine watching... This is always the example I give. Imagine you sitting down to watch a sitcom or a stand-up comedian and for the first 20 minutes... There's not a single joke that happens. And again, not an attempt at a joke. Not jokes that don't land. I mean he's not or she's not giving you a single joke. She's reading poetry. She's doing pottery. She's doing anything else than doing the thing you're watching them that that you want them to do. I don't understand. So... And, and, and honestly, 
It's a full segment. We got CM Punk cross-legged sitting in the ring. Oh, is he doing a pipe bump? No, he's got he's got kinky dog collars in a in a in a heart-shaped box. That's what he's got. I can't get excited for this. I'm sorry, I can't. Because then the excuse people pull out when I when I complain about it is they tell me, well, at least it was good, Warren. Was it? Was it? Was it good? Was it really good? Because when Roman Reigns does his 10-minute Friday night promos, his soliloquies, I'm told, yeah, but Warren, at least it's good. Is it? Is it? All I can base myself on is my tastes. What I want out of a wrestling show. And sitting down at 8 p.m. Turning on TSN2. This week was TSN3 because of the goddamn Winter Olympics. To watch Dynamite. I don't want CM Punk sitting down. Sitting down to deliver a promo. There is nothing more low energy than someone sitting down in a wrestling ring to cut a promo. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's not. It's... It baffles my mind. And this is where I see the lines being drawn. This is where I start saying, oh, well, okay, well, you're saying this because it's AEW, but in reality, you know, Roman pulls the same shit every Friday night and you shit all over it. But because it's CM Punk, okay, fine. But I don't watch wrestling. I don't want to sit down to watch a wrestling show to listen to people talk. I don't. And Dynamite, I say this, I've been saying this a lot now because Dynamite's been starting with a lot of promos recently. Dynamite started off hot because, because it would always start with a match and a hot match. Book ended, awesome match to start, awesome match to end, to main event. And then in between you do all sorts of shit. You do all sorts of shit. There are always except. I'm going to hammer this home just to make sure, just in case you're hearing me rant about this for the first time. If Dynamite keeps doing this, won't be the last time I'm going to talk about it, trust me. There are always exceptions. If there's something that you really, that's, that's really crucial and important that you need to get out of the way, that you're like, look, there is no other way to start this show than with this guy or this gal coming out with a microphone and telling us, to, the, there are situations like that. CM Punk's return at the United Center in Chicago, there was no other way to start it off. Uh, 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 John Moxley returning after uh, after taking a break to, to to rehab to get clean. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, those are spot on. Absolutely spot on. But CM Punk continuing to 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 further his feud with MJF at the start of the show. Opening without anything else happening. And in a cold open as well. A cold open. Like you don't even get the explosions and the dynamite shit. That, 
There was no reason to start with it. Start. Start with Wardlow, if anything. If you just want to get something out of the way. Everyone loves Wardlow. You, I, I'll sit down and be like, oh, cool. I'm going to get, I get to watch Wardlow crush a dude. And that's fantastic. Start with Danielson and Moriarty, which is the match everyone was talking about this week. Kick that one off. It was so... He's... He's... He starts talking about the past again. Talking about, look, I like the Piper and Oregon Be My Valentine line. I liked it as much as anyone who's into old school wrestling. I thought it was a clever line. Well done. But, I mean, it, it doesn't change the fact that... MJF and CM Punk have been essentially saying the same things at each other week after week after week. The week it gets exciting is when they start fighting each other. When they had that tag team match. Brilliant storytelling there. That led up to their match. Brilliant. And I'm already on the fence on them having another blow off, right? I talked about this last week. I'm already on the fence of these two having another match. And we're still going to do this? More stuff about the past, about how MJF has grown. And now, you know, you want to be like this, you know. All stuff that they've been, it's been the same. It's, it's, the, it's the same lake they've been paddling in. And yet there are all sorts of streams coming in, but they're staying in the same lake. And you know what? It's always like, you know, oh, you used to be a dork back in the day. You used to, you know, you you were such a mark for wrestlers. You were on Rosie O'Donnell. What does he do this week? He pulls out the picture of him and MJF when MJF was a kid at a, at a signing somewhere that we all saw on the internet. And I'm like, well, because it's always like, how are we going to embarrass Maxwell this week? It's always that. It's always the same thing. And MJF just storms off. Like, we don't even get a response. There's nothing. I'm like... I love their match. I love the match they gave two weeks ago. It is one of my favorite matches of the year so far. I thought it was brilliant. A 30-minute television match like that. That level of quality is excellent. Don't get me wrong. I think the talking is too much. I think the talking is too much. Want to say hello to Carlito Caribbean Cool. Left us a $2. Who left us a $2 super chat and a sticker of an apple. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Anyway, I want to move on because I'm just rehashed, but it's it's extremely frustrating for me. Brian Danielson defeated Morley Moriarty in a fantastic match. This ruled. Brian Danielson is a dick. And you know what? He can be a dick. Do you know why? Because he's the greatest wrestler of our generation. No one tops it. And it took him 
leaving World Wrestling Entertainment to reconfirm this. He's come back and he is he is better than he has been in the past 10 years. Absolutely spectacular stuff. Romero's special on, on, on Moriarty. Danielson does the corner flip, but he eats a lariat by Lee. Danielson wraps up Lee in the in the ropes and starts kicking him, and it's just just fantastic stuff. Uh, they 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 grapevined each other, and they end up on their heads while their legs are grapevined, and they start slapping each other. And uh, I'm like, mm. Lee does a Saito suplex that Jr. calls awkward, and I'm like, Jr. That was a that was a Saito. Su- oh, that was very and he and he gets into this voice where he's like. Well, that was very awkward by Lee. Was, what are you trying to do? You know, he should. And and he's getting in. I feel like he breaks out of his commentator voice. And now he's sort of like, you know, admonishing him. I'm like, hit the bricks, pal. Put these people over. That's your job. Especially the young guys. You've got a young guy hanging with one of the greatest of all time. Put that over. And it wasn't an awkward suplex. It was a Saito suplex. Jesus Christ. Moriarty has some rocking forearm shots as well. Uh, he uh, he goes for the, the Border City stretch. And Danielson reverses reverses it into a regal plex. And I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here. And I'm going, ah, ah. I'm just... I'm just pouring water. Uh, I'm like, my God, man, wrestling is good. I just love it. The Busaiku knee connects. And he grabs Lee's wrists. And he starts stomping his head in. Falls, <coughs> falls back into a figure four head scissors. And he flexes. He does the double biceps. I'm looking at all of this and I'm like, oh. What a per- It's perfect. It's perfect. Danielson, the dick, the master. He's the greatest, one of the, he's the greatest American wrestler of the past 25 years. And he's acting like it. I loved it. And then, then you get yourself a promo. Then this is how you make a talk segment work. You make it feel important. You make it all connect. Because Danielson grabs the mic and he calls out John Moxley because he wants an answer. John Moxley comes out and he's ready. He's 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 got that. Christ, Moxley's great. Let's just lay it out there. Eden. We're name-dropping Tracy Smothers on national television. Brought a tear to my eye. Moxley says he and Danielson fought for the first time when Danielson arrived late at a show. And he lost. And he took took on Danielson time and time again. And he al- he's always come up short, right? And he imagines he, all the, the heads that they could cave in and the the arms that they could stomp if they worked together, right? Because that's what Danielson wants. He wants his responses. What about my offer, right? He couldn't think of one good reason to say no, but then he got to thinking. Then he got he got thinking. Is the only reason Daniel Bryan wants to stand side by side with um 
with John Moxley is because he doesn't want to find himself standing across the ring from him. So that John Moxley can do to Daniel to Brian Danielson what he's been doing to everyone else in the company for the past 3 years. So, John Moxley ever the tease saying I'm not saying no, but he doesn't stand side by side with nobody until he bleeds with them first. Shivers. What a fucking line. That see this this folks is why I get pissed off when dynamite starts with a promo. Because you get one here you get guys you have guys on this roster top to bottom who can cut promos like geniuses. CM Punk, MJF, John Moxley, they're all in the same boat. Okay? As far as promos go, they're all they could on varying degrees, but these are all guys that you can just say sell me the match and he'll go do it, okay? This is the match happens there's this natural flow. Danielson comes off of a victory and he's like, I want John Moxley to come out here. And John Moxley comes out and he's like, and it, and it all progresses to that fucking line. That's how you tell your story. That's, this is a promo. I am sold on this match that they're doing. I am, and on top of, even on top of that, the match, sure. But I want this Danielson Moxley dojo. I want it. I want them to work together. I want them to get Moriarty and Garcia and, and Yuta. I want them to bring them all together under them, under their supervision. And I want them to just fucking wreck house. This is the most compelling shit on Dynamite right now. It's the best stuff on AEW right now. This fucking angle. Because it comes off as pro wrestling. It feels like pro wrestling. feels natural. feels authentic. Just guys talking about real shit. About beating other people up. About doing what they love. Doing what they're supposed to be paid for. Which is beating other people up. I love it. Got some super chats. <laughs> From Anakin JMT. Thank you very much, Anakin. First of all, 21 months as a member. Anakin JMT. Thank you so much for all your support. Become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, by the way. Join right there. Then you can you can come talk to we can we will have some member members only stuff, which is always super fun. But anyway, Anakin says Daniel Bryan was good. But Brian Danielson rules. Yes, he does. He does. And Anakin's other super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. I appreciate it. It says, the difference between WWE and AEW is when AEW starts with promos, it's usually good. When it's good, I'm 100% okay starting the show. But last night was meh. Here's the thing. This is... Because I disagree <laughs> but but I know you know I disagree Anakin that's not the that's not the issue um uh by the way obscurity knocks nice to see you and also welcome to the chat um 
the di- here's the thing is that the more they do it, the more people will say, oh, it was good. So the more they're going to do it. And at some point, it is going to stop being good, but they're going to keep doing it because, of, oh, we've done this. We've been doing this for, so. you know, this, you have to nip this shit in the bud. Otherwise, it's going to become the rule. You got to start with a talk segment. You got to start with a promo. And at some point, it's not going to be good. And it can't be good every week. Because the law of averages. Just as simple as that. But I appreciate your super chat. Anakin. Wardlow smacked the shit out of Max Caster. I was here for that. For, uh, for And he wins a spot on the face of the revolution. Ladder match. Uh, I mean, it was fine. You, 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 y'all know what a Wardlow match is by now. The Acclaim tried to double team him, which allowed Max Caster to get some 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 licks in. But, you know, the, the Powerbomb Symphony does it. Anthony Bowens gets a Powerbomb too. Sean Spears doesn't come in to help Wardlow. All that shit continues. Just, hey, we're continuing some storylines. Good stuff. Hey, we get an interview backstage with Britt Baker and the rest of her crew. Uh, 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 Jamie Hayter. Uh, Rebel. Reba, not Rebel. Rebel, not Reba. And Mercedes Martinez. And uh, <laughs> and <laughs> John Kreese is there. Yeah, that, the, <laughs> from the Karate Kid. He's there. And I know it's like, Cobra Kai Ward. I haven't watched Cobra Kai. So to me, this is fucking John Kreese. You know, the, the 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 bastard from uh from the uh, the karate kid, right? Now, he tells because basically the thing here is that is Rosa's telling not Rosa, excuse me. Brit is threatening Mercedes Martinez and saying, if you don't end Thunder Rosa tonight. You know, there's going to be consequences, you know, or whatever. You have to be. And Mercedes walks away and John Kreese talks to Thunder Rosa. And Thunder Rosa says, what What should I do if she doesn't, if she doesn't get the job done? And he does, you know, the, the no mercy line, you know. Finish her, no mercy, you know. But I was like, why? Why didn't he tell... Mercedes to sweep the leg because then, then I would have like yes I would have erupted it's good stuff I liked it I think I was uh, might as well talk about the match now. It didn't happen exactly in sequence, but since we're talking about it, uh, Thunder Rosa defeated Mercedes Martinez in their no DQ match. Good, solid, no DQ plunder match into the audience. They throw themselves into steps. They fight into the audience. Flying body press off the bleachers by Rosa. Good shit. Um, stunner by Rosa as well. She's been using the Stone Cold Stunner a lot more. I've been seeing it. It's part of her arsenal now. Um, she tries to set up a table. The table's not cooperating, right? One of the legs isn't working. So she sort of angles it on the apron, you know, to, for, there's a big spot coming up with it. Unfortunately, well, the spot is 
Mercedes Martinez hitting a fisherman buster's uh, fisherman's buster uh, through the table. But the table is angled, so she, you know, Rosa doesn't exactly fall through it. It's not, it's not a terrible spot, but it, it, it didn't have quite the, uh, quite the impact, right? Uh, Avalanche Hurricane Runner by Rosa as well. Mar Mercedes hits a vicious spider German suplex. So I'm like, Ooh, Rosa's not supposed to fold in half like that. Now, I want to I, I wanna just do an aside here real, real quickly. But I'd like people to stop flipping the fuck out when German suplexes happen and people land a little high on their necks. Or... If you're going to flip out when, because, because here's the thing, this is what I know. Is it because it's a woman and for some reason we think they're, you know, <clears throat> they're fragile and dainty and we have to, we have to be careful. I don't know. Maybe there's some of that. I don't know. But I'm not, it was a high angle one. She landed on her neck. She folded over. It was a good looking spot. Thunder Rosa got back up. She finished the match. Everything was fine. No one's injured. I think everyone should chill the fuck out. Or, at the very least, if I see anyone complaining about this spot, but then popping when New Japan bros start dropping each other German suplexes on literally on their necks. Or no dudes. Uh, hit the bricks. These are pro wrestlers. They know what they're doing. Rosa with the crucifix driver and the thunder th and ends the match with a with her thunder uh, fire thunder driver. Excuse me, excuse me, Rosa uh, on the chairs. Good, solid, fun. I liked it. I saw people complaining that uh, it looked a little sloopy because this was not uh, uh, tucked in and this. Uh, fuck off. Do you want your brawls to look like brawl? I want my brawls to look like brawls. I don't think I don't think a brawl is a um, I don't think a brawl is 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 meant to be an exhibition in technique, you know, in 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 precise wrestling uh, 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 execution. And after the match, Britt and the gang come down. They want to beat Rosa up. And, um, well, they beat Rosa up and then they want Mercedes to beat her up. But Mercedes, because Rosa showed her some respect after the match, Mercedes is like, nah, maybe not, bro. So she gets beaten up. So we have Jamie Hayter beating the shit out of Mercedes Martinez. And we've got Thunder Rosa beating the shit out of, uh, Britt Baker beating the shit out of Thunder Rosa. And you know what's cool? A Mercedes Martinez Thunder, uh, Jamie Hayter match. That's going to be cool as hell. Cool as hell. Give, put some good, put good wrestlers in the ring with each other, man. That's all we want. We had a Hangman Page promo that quickly turned into an Adam Cole promo. Calls him his Bullet Club buddy and his Ring of Honor roommate. 
he challenges Paige on whether he's a good friend because, you know, the elite and, you know, you're not hanging out with the Dark Order anymore. Paige says that Cole doesn't have the best record when it comes to friendships either. Now that Cole is here, Paige is back to being the other Adam. I like that line. I thought that was fun. But, you know, ultimately it leads with, it leads to Adam Cole saying he's got nothing but respect and admiration, shakes his hand, and walks away, and you're like, oh, this is kind of weird, but no, Red Dragon attack, right? Kyle Raleigh, Bobby Fish. And then you have security that hits the ring to try and break it up. Then the Dark Order are right behind them. Preston Vance starts throwing fools around. I'm like, what the, what is this story they're starting to tell with Preston? That he's like, he's hulking up. He's got like this pent up rage. He's like, do you wouldn't want to see me when I'm angry kind of thing? Starts chucking people outside of the ring. That's good shit. Santana and Ortiz defeated Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. This was a very solid match. I really liked it. And probably one of my favorite Chris Jericho outings in recent memory as well. Uh, Eddie Kingston is back. And he comes out to show some support to Santana and Ortiz. Clearly, the, uh, the, the child murder has been forgiven. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Impact Wrestling every Thursday night on Access TV. Is that what they're on now? I think so. Jericho with the lion salt is interrupted. Uh, and Santana goes and meets him up on the second rope to hit a side le Russian leg sweep, which was pretty cool. Ortiz does a cannonball senton off the apron. Hager does a Vader bomb. Jericho catches Santana off a senton and transitions into a lion tamer, which was pretty dope. The Judas effect is dodged and Santana's rolling lariat gets the win. Jericho blames Eddie Kingston for the loss and goes after him. So there's another there's another revolution match right there. Main event, Darby Allen took on Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought it was, you know... Started off super fast. Another great match to finish Dynamite. Starts off fast. Sammy gets uh, uh, um, Darby on his shoulders. I I I was like, look, he gets he's they're on the turnbuckle. Sammy gets Darby on his shoulders and he just pushes Darby off, lifts him, lets him drop onto the top turnbuckle. And Darby, being Darby Allen, instead of just like taking the bump to the floor, no, he bumps on the apron and bumps then onto the floor like an idiot. Just wild to me. Just wild to me. Uh, rope hung swanton by Sammy as well. Sammy's, at some point, his leg bends back uh, under him after a fall. So Darby starts working the knee for the rest of the match. There's an avalanche sp Spanish fly. Darby reverses a, DC, a GTH into a Last Supper, which ruled. Okay, so Darby hits a stunner on, on Guevara, right? Guevara rolls to the floor. Darby runs the ropes, goes for his putting the suicide in suicide dives. But Sam catches him with an ace crusher. Boom! Just as he's coming out and I... Popped. I thought that was great. Perfect timing. Because Darby comes in full blast, right? Let's not forget that. 
He puts, uh, uh, Guevara puts Darby on the apron, go, goes for a senton, Atomico but the ape, on the apron, but no, yep, Darby's gone. So, wipes out. Jose, the assistant, arrives. Sting runs him off. Andrade hits, uh, um, Andrade hits Darby Allen with his fucking iPad. And Darby Allen is knocked out. Fuck off, AEW. There is no way. <laughs> there is no way I am buying Darby Allen, who consistently gets the shit kicked out of him, gets beaten to death, and keeps getting back up. There is no way I am buying a, a seven-ounce piece of... Thin electronics will knock him out. I, that, I can't, cannot buy that. I can't buy anyone getting knocked out. If you pelt me with an iPad, it'll ring me. I'll be like, ah, that hurt. Knock me out? Fuck off. Come on now. And Sammy takes him off of the, the turnbuckles and GTHs him. And I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the match, but I'm going to tell you, a little sour on the ending. Again, like, I remember fondly. Look, I get I get what they're doing. It's heat for Andrade. I get it. I know. I know. But the when we get to, I remember a time when AW would do this, right? Would do the the heels come in, you know, for the finish, and you know, to get some heat. The match would end, and then the heels would get the heat, and I always appreciated that because we'd get. Nice, clean, pocketed finishes. And then the heels jump on and they're like... Bleh, 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 bleh. And they're like, oh, there's the heat. I I was enjoying the match. I was in the groove. I was like... like I knew Sammy was retaining. That's not the point. The, the, the journey was very enjoyable. I did not enjoy the destination. You know? It, 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 it doesn't... This finish didn't connect with me. I think it would give us a nice, clean, Sammy Darby ending. Then Andrade comes in and fucks shit up. That would have been fine. Oh, but you have to protect Darby. Once you start going down that line, once you start going down the path, I was like, we did this because we have to protect the boys. You know what my line is. Yeah, if you've been listening to the Mr. Warren Hayes show for a while, you know what my line is. If you can't put over a winner, don't book the match. If you got to protect everyone, don't book the match. That being said, I griped a lot 
But I thought this was, you know, once once we got rid of the once we got rid of the initial promo, last night's episode of Dynamite was was super fun. I had a great I everything clicked afterwards. Everything was boom, 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 boom. Just great shit. Just some fantastic stuff. I really liked it. Just before we bring things to a to a halt, hey Nick Nutter, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. I want to put over the Warrior Wrestling 19 show that happened this weekend over in Chicago or on the outskirts of Chicago. I I I shouldn't say Chicago because the Chicago natives are gonna come after me. And go, it wasn't in Chicago. It wasn't this. That's not Chicago. Warrior Wrestling, systematically solid shows. It's another indie promotion that you should watch because uh, just always have excellent shows with some great talent on it. This was none different. Started off with uh, Sam Adonis, the uh, Warrior Wrestling Lucha Champion, taking on Lince Dorado in his first booking since uh, <coughs> being freed of his 90 days. Um, there's... I'm, I I don't understand Santa, Sam Adonis. Like I don't un, like I don't understand them. I don't understand. I don't. Sam. I guess Sam Adonis is uh, is an acquired taste because I, I don't get it. But um, in this match here, it was fine. It was a weird match for Lindsay's first return. Um, for for his first return, his first match back on. Uh, on the indies, uh, there's this weird spot where Adonis knuckle locks with the ref to go rope walking, but the ref is like, nah. And it doesn't look like, you know, like the theatrics of wrestling where the ref would go, oh, no, you know, it sort of looked like the ref, no, I don't know what to do here. And and Adonis sort of got mad at him. Anyway, look, the, the spot didn't work. And and Lindsay bites his ass at some point. Like this is what we were dealing with here. Dorado does the 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 double moon salts. Goes for the third moon salt spot, um, but he does it to the floor because Adonis went to the floor. But then he does another moon salt in the ring. Adonis hits an STO. They set up some chairs on the outside. Uh, there's a hurricane rana by Dorado off the apron right into the chairs. That was a cool spot. Topican Hilo by Dorado. He gets caught by Adonis, who slams him against the guardrail, and Adonis then dumps him into the first row, into the audience. Adonis gets back into the ring. Lindsay can't beat the 10 count. Adonis uh, Adonis retains by count out. So again, weird return bout for um, for uh, uh, Lindsay. And, you know, for Sam Adonis... Works the Lucha style, works a lot in AAA. You would have expected this match to be a little faster. Would have expected. Dalton Castle uh, defeated Warhorse in a fun little match here. There was a lot of posturing at first because you got two very big personalities. Very so you know a lot of a lot of jawjacking at first. Castle extends a hand to shake his hand and. Uh, um, uh, uh, Warhorse uh, pulls a Randy Orton where he stuffs his hand in his jock and then pulls it out so Dalton Castle can 
can can shake it and Castle's not sure, so he does it himself. Anyway, fun little beginning to be expected. Northern Light Suplex by Warhorse. Um, uh, there's a there's uh, uh, there's a trailer hitch as well by Warhorse at some point. Uh, there's um, uh, there's uh, some gut wrench suplexes. Um, Warhorse does a spinning suicide dive to the floor, which was great, but it's but Dalton Castle's bangerang puts our boy Warhorse away. Good stuff. Fun little match. Then we had Sky Blue defeating Miranda Alize. Uh, some fun back and forth here. Uh, Alize's hit heel work really is the story of this match. She is fantastic in getting the reaction she wants, in getting the audience to cheer for, for Sky Blue. Uh, and I'll tell you, looking at this match, looking at Sky Blue, still a relative rookie, new to the business, Alizé, who's got like two decades uh, under her belt. I, I, I think what this match did was expose one of Sky Blue's principal weaknesses, because I think she's a fine athlete, but her connection to the audience is lacking. You know, how she goes to get the audience, even as a baby face, to have her, uh, to have them support her, get behind her. You can't dump that all on the heel. She has to do some work as well. I think that's, it's a key missing component right now to a final product of, of Sky Blue. But like I said, she's still new. She's still working, developing. This is the kind of thing that will come with experience. Because, But it's just when you see a vet like Alizé do it, just effortlessly, getting the audience to turn on her. And it's like, Sky Blue really lacks that connection. She's a baby face. You know, she comes in, she smiles, she's very charismatic, she's pretty. But then you have to, there's still theatrics to a babyface connecting with the audience as well. There's a spinning neckbreaker by Blue. They trade some good running strikes against each other. A short arm knee strike by Alizé. But Sky Blue gets the win with her, her weird finisher. I don't, I'm, sorry, good little match. We had a four-way match. Myron Reed, Alex Zane, uh, El Gringo Loco, and Blake Christian tore it up. Standing frog splash straight off the bat by Blake Christian. Moonsault by uh, Loco. Uh, um, Alex Zane dumps everyone in a corner, then just cannonballs onto everyone, just like recklessly, just fantastic stuff. There's a great spot here where Christian is sitting on the top rope, right? And uh, he's sitting on the top rope. Alex Zane jumps off of Myron Reed's back, who's who's bent over. And he runs, he, he head scissors and runs Blake Christian off the top rope. And Blake Christian adds, flies off, but locks... Arana onto Gringo Loco flies up. Fantastic spot. Just fantastic stuff. Fantastic spot. Zane also has a, an awesome spot where he does a, a cutter to the floor like a diamond dust move. Fantastic stuff. Uh Blake Christian hits a combo inverted DDT Uranagi, which was also really cool. 
there's this triple electric chair spot that Blake Christian counters uh, th that Blake Christian counters uh, uh, on to Myron Reed into a Spanish fly. And he covers and, and Loco just dumps Alex Zane uh, on top of him. Blake Christian wins with the butterfly DDT. Just a fantastic spot fest. And you know, not one where everyone's taking their time to set up the spots. No, this had this had rhythm, speed, good pacing. It that was this was a good one. This was very, very much a good one. We had the acclaimed taking on Brian Cage and Casey Navarro. This was fine. It was all right. It was a good, good little match. But I think that the story coming out of this one here was were the, the 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 was the promo to start off the match. Of course, Max Caster did a rap to begin. Said the acclaim doing it on the big stage. We're getting more TV time than Brian Cage. Right? You think you better stop that? You're going to expire like your contract. And KC hit the shower. You're dumb enough to sign with Cord Bauer. Which was really funny. Um, but then, so Casey Navarro sort of gets Brian Cage into it. And he's like, you should rap. And Brian Cage says, all right, I'll rap. But it's more like, you know, slam poetry what he does as opposed to actually rapping. And he's like, you guys come out here trying to show off like you're some kind of rap god. But then... We realize you're just a bootleg version of Eight Mile. And, you know, there's some acting like you were a great team all along. That's not the way it's gone because you never, because you two never met before Tony Khan. And then um, Brian Cage drops the line that, yeah, I've been off for TV for months, but I still make more money than you guys. Which was pretty funny. Um, Navarro. And Brian Cage is a fun tag team. I like it. Reminds me of Scott Steiner and uh, I want to say, yeah, Petey Williams, right? I'm drawing a blank. Scott Steiner. Yeah, it was Petey Williams. You know, big guy, smaller dude. I like it. That is what's funny. We've got two matches matches of the night on this uh, on this card here. This was one of the first. Mike Bailey versus Santana. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Santana. Uh, just absolute fucking great stuff here. Speedball comes in with some kicks. He does a golden uh, a golden triangle to the floor. Uh, of course, that's usually what you do when you do a golden triangle. <clears throat> uh, there's a power bomb and a buckle bomb by Santana. He's in control with some suplexes. He hits a lion salt, which was interesting. <coughs> Excuse me, which was interesting considering his feud with uh, with Chris Jericho, right? He can't quite get along. He's aping his moves now. He does the three amigos, but like super snappy uh, and fantastic stuff. Speedball fights back with a flurry of kicks, a huge axe kick and a corkscrew splash. Rolling cutter by Santana, Topicon Hilo, an acai moonsault by Santana. They battle on the apron. Bailey hits a, a moonsault, double knees, but Santana rolls out of the way, so. Just drives his knees into the apron. 
It's a suplex into a DVD by Santana. Bailey hits the double, the moonsault double knees and the buzzsaw kick. But a lariat and a pile driver get the job done for Santana. That was supremely good. That was a match where you're like, I okay. If you're gonna watch, if you're gonna watch the 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 Warrior Wrestling show, it was for this match. And I'm gonna tell you, on top of that, Mike Bailey this weekend, he was in California on Friday night fighting ACH in another fantastic match. An absolutely fantastic match, better than the one he had with Santana, in my opinion. Just absolute balls to the wall. Flies over to Illinois the very next day to have another insane match. Just great stuff. And you should really check out uh, the uh, the Mike Bailey versus ACH match, which happened at uh, West Coast Pros, um, The Art of Drowning show. Just great stuff. We had uh, Bandito versus Dante Martin, which was, I feel like it had a very good final third, but it kind of felt like it took a while for these guys to find their groove, find their chemistry. There was a couple of miscommunications, but uh, it, it, it started clicking, and as it started clicking, everything sort of wrapped up. So a good final third. Moonsault slam by Bandito. Torture rack into a GTS as well, which was really cool. Dante Martin hits a springboard corkscrew drive, which was great. And the double springboard moonsault gets the win. The Briscoes successfully defended the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against the Work Horsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Mark, Senton, Mark Briscoe sentons off a chair to the floor, which was great. Anthony Henry... Uh, uh, Face washes Mark Briscoe against the rail on the outside. It was a huge kick. Great stuff. Um, the, the JD Drake gets a a hot tag after Henry gets picked apart by the Briscoes. He takes the he takes the Briscoes out with a neck breaker DDT uh, and a, uh, a senton combo missile drop kick suplex combo by uh, the Work Horseman as well. JD Drake hits a top ropes. Hits a top rope senton, pins, but the pin is broken up by Mark Briscoe, Death Valley drivering Henry onto JD, and it ends with the Briscoes hitting the J Driller and the fog, the Froggy Bow. Short, well, I mean, not not short, but not the longest match, but very physical, good tag team match, and the main event was Thunder Rosa defending her. Warrior Wrestling Women's Title against Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon, with her first return to the Indies as well. There was a knuckle lock pin attempt at first, and Rosa just lifts Athena up. You know she's on her back with the knuckle locks, and she just lifts her up with her uh, with her knees on her chest. Just some great show of strength right there. Athena fakes. A leg injury. So the referee's checking on her and Athena uh, and Thunder Rose is like, oh, are you okay? So on and so forth. But she was playing possum. She hits a Samoan drop on, on Thunder Rosa. But Thunder Rosa comes back with a hesitation, hesitation basement drop kick and a Northern Lights suplex. 
Rosa with uh, Athena, excuse me, with a springboard code breaker and a Michinoku driver. Frankensteiner by Rosa. This match, which had started off with a level of respect, you know, both women's like, oh, this is so great, nice to see you in the ring, you know, so on and so forth. It's a pleasure to fight you and what turned into a fight. It it went from a wrestling match to a fight, and I I was there for it. Avalanche sit out powerbomb by Athena. Death Valley driver by Rosa. Athena goes to the top rope, hits the eclipse on Thunder Rosa, but she's too late. 30 minute time limit is achieved. Thunder Rosa retains the title. This was very this was a, a this was my second match of the night. Very strong stuff. And some some weird comments from the audience as well during this match. I don't want to get into it, but it, I, I find it strange these days that there's some wrestling fans that are kind of back on to being very disrespectful to wrestlers. I'm like, come on now. We should be better than this at this point, right? I think we should be. <laughs> I think we should be. Uh, Warrior Wrestling 19, you should check it out. It was a damn fine wrestling program good event and uh that wraps up our weekly wrestling inspection well ladies and gentlemen we're going to wrap it up for tonight i want to thank everyone for joining me tonight everyone who joined me on the pre-show and who stuck around here tonight Talking about pro wrestling. I really appreciate it. Join me next week again. Where we're going to continue this. And if you become a member. You can come join me and the members. Tomorrow evening on Friday. As we talk about more pro wrestling. All together. Discord calls and whatnot. It is a good time. Last minute drive to get a like on this video. A review. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app. Uh, uh, whatever. I appreciate any type of support that you can show for the uh, the Mr. Warren Hayes show. In the meantime, folks, I hope you have a wonderful evening and a great weekend. We'll see you next time.